Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Amen. You know, it's good to have friends like David because they see the real you even when you don't. There's probably plenty of times where I didn't feel like I was very hungry or I was selfish in my thinking. But when you have true friends that believe in you, they, they know the best about you. So it's good to have that. I completely dropped the ball first and second service because I left my phone at home today by accident. But I, I have like four text messages from Roy saying, tell them I missed them. <laughs> so he misses you. Sorry, Roy. I didn't have my phone to see you uh, texting me. But yeah, he, he, uh, I got him on my computer in the back. And so he, he misses you. Uh, but yeah, I want to talk today about living a life in the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, so we're going to pray, not because it's the religious duty, but I just want to press in. Uh, I want to pray in the Spirit. If you do that, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come. That's a great prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Or Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so we're just going to pray. And uh, if you would, just pray with me. Pray out loud. Uh, just pray like you're in your closet uh, during worship. I forgot I was in this room, actually. I just So, Lord Jesus, we ask you to walk into the room. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill our hearts. Lord, in Jesus' name. We just bless the name of the Lord. We thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the anointing in this place to change hearts, transform hearts. And heal the broken hearts, Lord. I thank you that you're doing heart surgery today, Lord Jesus. And I just ask that you would come perform on me and perform on us, Lord. Do what only you can do in this place, Lord. And uh, not what man or woman can do, but what you can only do, Lord Jesus. And we just exalt you, we lift you high. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being with us, always being around us, inside of us, and consuming us. And Father, I thank, for, thank you for your Papa's heart today, that it would be known in this house, and, and in this house, people would know the Father's love for them, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, just, if you want to just keep praying, keep praying, I don't care, prayer is powerful, man. if you would turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 47, This is obviously written by Ezekiel. <laughs> In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. And there I could see water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again, and this time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. 
He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? And then he led me back along the river bank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. And then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. And there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea and the way all the way from Engedi to Eglium. The shores will be covered with the nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will be growing along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. So I've been in Ezekiel chapter 47 for a few weeks now. Uh, I feel like the Lord's just had me stay and camp in that place. Uh, and it's also been raining a lot. And I feel like I've seen uh, water really everywhere, showing up everywhere. I just feel like the symbolism of water. Uh, I, I do feel like all the rain that we've been getting, it's got to be some kind of record at this point. But I, I believe it's um, not to be way out there, but I really do believe it's, it's a prophetic sign of what God is doing. I, I feel like there's a, a, a rain from heaven that's falling on the earth. Uh, and I think and I believe that um, many things are being purified and made holy again. Uh, not, not like new, but again. Like it's like I feel like people are coming alive again. Uh, I know I am in, in my life. So I read this to you today because I believe how many of this is actually going to happen? It's not not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's actually a real thing. There's a real temple. There's an east gate. There's a river that's going to flow from it. Uh, the Jewish people are still real people. They're not wiped out or we haven't taken their place. They're still real and alive and uh, God loves them. It's his chosen people. Um, but I also believe this is a prophetic symbol of what life in the Spirit of the Lord looks like. What living a fruitful life in the Spirit actually looks like. And so, in the story we just read, Ezekiel's taken by the Lord, and he's taken to a place where water runs over his ankles. And I believe this is a, a symbol, if you will, of salvation. Because the first thing that happens when you're born again is you're made new and clean. And in the river, what's happening? His, the dirtiest part of him is being consumed by the Spirit of the Lord. And then he moves a little bit deeper and it moves to knee height. And I believe that this represents a life of prayer. Because you pray when you're on your knees. And I don't believe that the river can go any higher until you get in a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. I'm not talking about a works mentality, but I am saying the only way to walk in the Spirit is to know the Spirit of the Lord. The only way to know the Spirit of the Lord is to commune with the Spirit of the Lord. 
So you have to be in prayer. I'll say for me, the last few months, my prayer life has just exploded uh, to where I just love spending hours of my day, if I can, just in the presence of the Lord. Um, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. There's nothing more valuable than getting in the presence whoa, of the Lord. He'll keep you from stumbling. <laughs> but there's nothing like staying in the, in the glory, in the presence, staying in the river. And so today I want to talk to you about staying in the river. And so we go and we get to a place where we're in prayer. And uh, Heidi Baker says, David quoted her, but Heidi Baker says this, I can get more done in two minutes in the presence of the Lord than eight hours a day working. And I love that saying, but if I was really real with myself, do I believe that? I think we should ask ourselves, do we believe it? Because it is really true, but it's, it's whether or not we believe it or not. Will we take the time to say, Lord, I may have to wake up at 3 a.m., but I'm going to get two hours alone with you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to find you. It's that prayer lifestyle. And then Ezekiel's walking with the Lord and the river goes up to his waist. And what I believe this symbolizes is where our spirit, because we have a river, the New Testament says we have a river of living water flowing from our belly connects with his river. And, uh, also, I think it is, is outstanding because it actually covers our waist, which is our reproductive organs. Roy oftentimes talks about how um, in the armor of God, our loins are covered with truth because what we reproduce is either truth or lies. And so you have to be covered in truth because it's the truth and what you reproduce in truth that will set people free. So I believe that the river, when it gets to our waist, is when we start reproducing, uh, living the life in the Spirit. I believe Paul talks about this in Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. If you want to read that chapter, the entire chapter of Romans 8 is about life in the Spirit. It's about living a life in the river, if you will, of God. And he says this, not Romans, uh, not 38, he says this, hold on. 15, he says, we, for we have received God's Spirit when He adopted us as His children, and now we call Him Abba Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And then Ezekiel keeps walking, and he gets to a place where he said, I could not stand, and the river was over my head. And this is the place where everything changes. Because how I many of you know, when you walk in a river at your ankles, you can kind of do it on your own. You can splash a little bit, kick around a little bit. When you're at your knees, even still, you can do a lot of things in your own strength. Even at your waist, think about it. When we have little kids, we take them swimming. They're swimming like they're in an ocean, but we can stand because we can grab them, right? We can save them, we can get them. We can maneuver them, but we can move pretty well. But when the river is over our head, there's nowhere for us to go or nothing for us to control than just to go where God is taking you. And I just believe that many of us in this place, the Lord is breaking off control of what we think God wants to do. 
I believe many of us in the room, God is breaking off religion because religion is evil. It's not something we play with. It's not, it's not something that, oh, well, that's a, that's a spirit that we just counsel away. No, religion is binding because it keeps you bound in systems. It keeps you bound in A, B, C, D, and you, you pay your P's and Q's, but you never get lost in the presence of God. You're never free to go where He's telling you to go. You're never open to being moved and swayed to where He's telling you to be moved and swayed to. And here's one of the biggest lies I believe that religion tells us that tries to hinder us from living a life in the Spirit of the Lord is, well, you have to use wisdom. How many know that's actually true? It's not, it's not a lie. But it can be masked by a spirit to keep you bound. You have, you have to be wisdom. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. Oftentimes, wisdom is masked as just fear. And so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about life in the Spirit and what does it look like. It doesn't mean just being reckless, but it does mean saying, going where Jesus says go, staying where Jesus says to stay, doing whatever Jesus says to do, no matter what man, woman, or child tells you what to do. You do what the Lord says to do. And I was thinking about the life of Abraham. And Abraham was someone that was led by the Spirit of the Lord. He was someone that I would say lived where most of us don't really want to go, but he lived with the river just completely over his head. Because if I was, if I was Abraham's best friend and he said, you know what, I'm going to take my son up on this mountain and I'm going to sacrifice him to the Lord. I would immediately begin to be like, bro, no, you're the steward of your household. You're the priest of your household. You're supposed to raise up your child, children in the way of the Lord. They will not depart. I mean, I'm just rattling, right? And how many of all those things are true? But he's saying, no, I have to. The Lord has spoken to me. And I have to do what the Lord is telling me to do. I have to go where the river is telling me to go. Now, he will not contradict Scripture. So he will not tell you, Divorce your husband or wife. Because the Spirit of the Lord says not to do that. So the Spirit of the Lord is not going to tell you, leave your husband and go marry Susie. And, or, well, well, definitely won't tell you that. But leave, leave James and go marry John, okay? <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, he really won't tell you the other thing either. <laughs> But anyways, life in the Spirit is supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be fun, and I, I do believe that the religious stronghold is falling in this hour, that people are being set free, and so how do you, how do you live in the Spirit? It's very simple, but it's through love. And what I love about Ezekiel is this. When he's going down the river, he begins to see something. Wow, look at all these fish that have now entered into the river. Look at all these other living beings that have now joined into the river. And what are we called to be? Fishers of men. So do you want to see people join the river of the Lord? Then you have to live consumed in the Spirit of God. And then something happens that's even probably more beautiful is all these trees on either side begin to produce fruit. And what does Jesus say? Jesus is concerned with fruit, but not just fruit, 
fruit that remains. And it says that on both sides of the banks of the river where the Spirit of God is flowing and taking us, there's fruit that's produced on both sides. And what is it? It never turns brown. It never dies. It is fruit that remains. So the current of this river is the current of love. And I believe that uh, a great example of someone who lived in the Spirit of the Lord uh, was Peter. Because I was thinking about in the book of Acts, it says that Peter one day was up on his roof. And it says that he was seeking God. He was praying. He was meditating. And he had this vision. And some translations say he went into a trance. And heaven opened and a sheet fell from heaven. And the sheet fell and all these creatures were crawling on the, on the sheet. And it says this. It says that the Lord said, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, Lord, no, I can't do that. These are unclean animals. And he says, Peter, do not call unclean what I call clean. And then he hears a knock on the door in the exact moment. And he goes downstairs. He goes with a man. And he leads an entire people group who have never known God into the river of the Lord. And I thought about that and I thought, what if Peter wasn't in the river? What if he wasn't seeking the Lord in that moment? Would he have missed his opportunity that an entire room of people now can live in the presence and the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of God because one man stayed in the presence of the Lord? And I'm sure there were people, Peter, you need to go preach. You're a preacher. Remember? Remember what happened on Pentecost? You need to go win souls, bro. But Peter stayed. He lived and he meditated in the presence. And he went when God told him to go. And he stayed when God told him to stay. Because he was led by the current and the Spirit of God. And he lived in a place of love. And here's the thing about love. Love doesn't hit you here. Love hits you here. Love doesn't speak to you in your mind but it speaks to you in your heart. The Bible says that the Lord looks to and fro, searching for a vessel whose heart is fully His. Not mind, not body, even though all those things should be His, but the thing He looks for the most is a heart that is fully His. Romans 8, 38-39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Remember, Romans 8 is a life all about the Spirit of the Lord. And at the end of Romans 8, the second half is all about the love of God. There was one disciple that stayed with Jesus until the crucifixion. It was John the Beloved. And Jesus, I mean, Roy talked about it last week, that Peter, Peter knew that he loved God. I believe with all his heart when he says, I'm not going to let you take, I'm not going to let them take you. I believe he really meant it. I mean, he tried to kill someone with a sword. He really meant it. And he loved God with all his heart. But John was standing there at the crucifixion because John knew how much Jesus loved him. And so if you want to live in the spirit of the Lord, 
You have to live in the love of God. And you have to have an encounter with God's love. Not in your mind. Because the love of God surpasses all knowledge. The book of Ephesians, I'll give you the exact verse. 3.19 says this, And to know the love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's not intellectual. And I believe that God is breaking systems in the earth today. Even in, in Greenville, in the south, I know that there's a lot of ways of doing things. There's a lot of ways of following God. And I just believe that God is, is taking us back to His original intent which is following him from a lovesick place rather than a duty place. And so um, I'm going to do something. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, so I'll close up with this, but we're going to take a little bit of time to do some prayer. Um, and I'm going to share two stories. Uh, I, have, I have these markers in my life where I've encountered this love of the Lord that's completely changed my life. And the first one, probably the most Significant one was when I got saved. I got saved at 15 years old. And I was at a student life camp. It was awesome. I was with my buddies. We had our own room, no chaperones. So there was Doritos in the bed and just <laughs> Coke everywhere. And it was awesome. And I can't tell you what the sermon was on. I can't tell you the worship songs we sang. But there was one night where he gave an altar call. It was actually uh, Louis Giglio. He gave an altar call, and it was kind of like one of those Billy Graham things, like, you know, come, come. And I don't know what he preached on, but I was like, okay. So I went down there, and I just knew in my heart, I was like, I have to do this. And I knelt on the ground, and I cried for about an hour and a half, probably that long. I had no grid. I had no understanding. I just knew something is happening in my heart that I've never felt before. And I felt now that I have words for it. I knew the Lord was coming and wrapping his arms around me. And he obviously, he gave me new life. And then, luckily, I had a pastor that I could talk to. And I was like, I don't know what just happened. He's like, well, you just got born again. And <laughs> I didn't have all the theology. I didn't have it all figured out. You so say, you got born again. You're a new creation. Now you're filled with the Spirit of the Lord. And I remember laying in my bed that night, looking at the ceiling, and my buddies were doing something. And I just thought, my life has changed forever. At 15 years old, I was like, my life has changed forever. I went home, I deleted all my music. I don't know why, no one told me to. I just deleted all my music, and luckily I got free, and the Lord said I could listen to some of it. <laughs> but some of it stayed deleted. But a love encounter with God that surpasses all understanding is how you stay in the river of the Lord. The second story I want to tell you is a pretty profound one. Uh, there was a, David and I were leading a youth group at a, another church here in town, and we used to have these things called Kingdom Life, which were these weekend-long uh, youth events. And they were powerful, like, I mean, powerful. Like, people were, kids were... You'd have like five of them prophesying over there. This kid just got healed. Bodies just everywhere. Kids weeping. We need that. We need the wildness of the Lord. We need to believe God 
that people are going to be touched by the Lord. And our, our, I believe many of us in this room, I said it second service, but I believe this, that your, um, your emotions are being unlocked. Your emotions towards the Lord are being unlocked in this place. And so we were in this meeting and kids were just getting touched. And I was on this other side uh, of the building. I know exactly where I was. And this one young kid, he was about 15, 16 years old, goes into a full-on demonic thing. I don't know what you call it. But demonic thing where he's, I mean, he's clawing, his eyes look weird, he's foaming at the mouth, just, you know. And uh, he's just going nuts. And I had a friend walk up behind him. And he knelt down behind him, he sat behind him, and he wrapped his arms around this young kid. And he held him. And he hugged him, and he held him, and he hugged him, and he held him, and he hugged him, and he held him, and he hugged him, and he held him until he completely went limp. His hands were, he was literally, David was there. The kid was frozen, like, like clawed up, just. And once, and we just left him. Like, once he went limp, we just left him there. God's with him. We prayed. And he stayed there the whole time. Someone preached. He just stayed there. He came to, and we were talking to him. I was like, what was going on? He's like, dude, I was just being attacked. Like, this demon was attacking me. And we were like, yeah, we, you know, we felt like we could see that. He said, <laughs> he said but then it all went white. He said he, he went to his vision or trance or whatever, and everything was white. He said, and Jesus came up behind me, and he wrapped his arms around me, and he hugged me. And the boy was completely set free. We prayed. He was filled with the Spirit of the Lord. But some of us in the room need an encounter with the love of God. Not here but in here that surpasses all understanding. You can't put words to it. You can't even explain it away. But it's love that changes hearts. And so when I was praying about the service, I just felt like the Lord told me He wanted me to just hug people. So I'm leaving a lot of time. There's nine minutes and 34 seconds left. And I'm going to invite the prayer team up here now. And I'm going to hug you. And I just believe that a baptism of the love of God is going to fall into the room. And that people are going to be changed and marked forever by the love of the Lord. Because it's the love of God that changes lives. It's the love of God that marked my life. And so many people that I know, their lives have been changed. Not because they've been told this amazing mystery on a piece of paper, but because they've encountered the love of God that surpasses their brain. So what we did first and second service is I'm just going to go around and we're all going to close our eyes and we're going to worship. We're going to pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray for yourself that the love of God would fall into the room and that your life would be changed because God's going to come and the Father heart of the Lord is going to fall in this place.
And if you need to leave right now, you can leave. It doesn't mean you're less spiritual or less holy. But for the next however long, we're just going to pray that we would live in love to stay consumed in the Spirit of the Lord. That we would live in love. You know, the Bible says this in 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loveth knoweth God and is born of God. And he who loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Period. It doesn't say you're a bad person. It doesn't say you're demonized. It doesn't say you're evil. If you don't love, it just says you just don't know God. So we're going to be a people that love radically, that hug people a lot. I know this. This is a barometer for me. If I don't cry a lot, I know I'm not in the river. It's just the way when the Spirit's on me, I manifest it. You may laugh. I do that too. <laughs> but most of the time, man, I can cry watching a kid's movie. And I know it's just because my heart is just tender. I'm in the river. I'm just soaking wet. I'm floating down the river, and I'm going where God's taking me. So I'm going to just walk around the room. If you want to come up front, the prayer team's up here. And I'm just going to hug people. Then at the end, I'm going to be in the back, and everybody has to give me a hug before you leave. <laughs> Serious. I was praying about this, and it was the only thing the Lord told me. I said, Lord, what do I preach on? Hug everybody. <laughs> I said, how do I do that? And I think this is the way. So anyways, Father, I ask you to come. Holy Spirit, would you come and just baptize us in your love, Lord? Lord.